20 minutes past the uh, 7 o'clock hour on a Wednesday morning. Joining us now in our studios is uh, Northfield Mayor Rhonda Powdell. Mayor, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming in today. Yes, and I'm you're waiting not... for the sunshine sometime. It's coming, right? <laughs> it's still well, dark out. I'm kind of waiting for the snow. <laughs> It'll be here at some point. You brought a couple of guests with you today. Tell us about it. Yeah, so one of the key things that... Uh, all mayors get to do is they get to recommend great people of Norfield to serve on our city council. Oh, no, on our city council, sorry, to our city council to serve on our boards and commissions, right? Get that order in, in place there. It's right. really important. Boards <laughs> and commissions. And uh, it's always such a pleasure talking with people in Norfield to see whether or not they'd be interested. Some self um submit the application. Some people you have to go out and recruit and kind of pull out of the woodwork and say, hey, you got some really great skill sets. It'd be wonderful to have you. And so one of the things that I wanted to do in this uh, kind of off, we didn't have a city council meeting last night. It's really just to highlight and say thank you, highlight two of our great new appointees that are coming on and give you an opportunity to really just have a conversation with them about why they're serving, why it's important, what they're excited about. But then also just to remind people, this is a wonderful opportunity to be able to give back to your community. And it really is an important role. And so uh, I just look forward to hearing the conversation that you have with them today, yeah. Jeff. Public service, we have talked about that a number of times on a lot of different shows here on KYMN Radio and to a lot of different people. And it's uh, generally not a high-paying <laughs> opportunity, an income-producing opportunity, but it is an opportunity to make the most out of the town that you live in and help a lot of people in the process. Joining us now are uh, Mike Thorstenson and Galen Malika. Both have been recently appointed to the HRA. I don't know if you've been to a meeting yet uh, with the HRA or not, but but you are longtime uh, public servants of uh, Northfield. You both served in a lot of capacities. Mike, we'll start off with you. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming Thank in. Thank you, Jeff. Give us a little bit, I guess, about your background uh, from a you know professional standpoint first, and then we'll kind of move into the, uh, uh, to the public service. Okay. Well, um, I spent uh, many years as the executive director of Three Rivers Community Action, which was a did a lot of housing development, ran Head Start, multi-service nonprofit in the region. I'm uh, presently on an immigrant-led board, which is a statewide group, as well as a, uh, it started out in the Twin Cities. And I'm also involved with the New Market Tax Credit Board, which is a national group. And uh, and now I decided to give the HRA in the, in the hometown a, a run. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I spent 14 years on the Northfield School Board, and I believe that public service is essential for all of us, especially in, in these times. It just seems a little more challenging to get people out to uh, be willing to serve. Let's move over to uh, Galen Malika. Galen, I've known you for 35 years, probably close to it. At least. <laughs> we'll start off by what you haven't been involved with. That might <laughs> well, be a shorter there's, list. There's plenty of things I haven't been involved with. No, but tell us, tell, give us uh, an idea of your background for those Sure. So, you know, I uh, served on the uh, Northfield Planning Commission, then I was on the Northfield City Council. Um, now currently serve as a county commissioner, um, but uh, was appointed here to the Northfield uh, HRA, 
uh, serving um, a three-year term there starting here in January. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's important um, for people to get involved in their communities. Um, uh, Builds a sense of purpose, uh, social connections, and um, just helps structure the direction that our community is going to go in. And um, this is an opportunity for people to step up and say, hey, I want to be heard. I want to I volunteer. I want to take part. I want to be part of the process. And this is an opportunity to, um, for individuals that want to be on a board or commission to do that. Not, not all boards and commissions meet every month, you know, um, their times are different and so on and so forth. And you can get as involved as you want, or you don't have to, you can certainly go to a board or commission meeting and observe a couple times a year before you apply to be on a board or commission and, um, to get a sense of what it's all about. And, and for those who have, uh, issues that are particularly, uh, you know, at heart to you, you can go to some of these public meetings as well and express your thoughts and give some input to the uh, to the boards uh, and commissions that we have as well. Uh, Mike, let's kind of move it back to you and tell us about, you know, there is a, I want to say gratification uh, of being able to help, you know, you, mm-hmm. being grateful for the opportunity to serve and stuff. Uh, can you speak to that uh, area a little bit? Um. Sure. I mean, I I look at it as an opportunity to serve. And I think one of the things that is a challenge in all our institutions around the country is how do we look ahead? How do we look beyond just what we've been doing day to day? But are there other partners that we should be bringing into the process to have a greater impact? Because I've seen the impact that housing can have on families and One of my favorite stories is years ago, we built a uh, new home, and we had a family, and this little girl who was nine grabbed me by the hand and took me in the house and said, this is going to be my room. I've never had a room in my entire life. And she was pointing out the window, and there were some birds in a bush right next to the house. And so it was the the fact that, yeah, there's some feel-good things, but there's also some major challenges of how do we all bring people together to have an impact on uh, improving families' lives? Because I think service is about making the community better all mm-hmm. across the board. Galen, let's talk about you. You've had a, a really a diverse, as you've mentioned, mentioned some of your um, uh, your stints as a commissioner or as a, a board member. Um, that's kind of a wide variety of things. Right. Tell, us, tell us about right. your interest. So housing has always been an interest of mine. Um, as we've seen the struggles um, over the last five, six, seven years uh, of housing, um, uh, what Mike had mentioned about working together with nonprofits and other organizations and other government entities, um, we have to look at the big picture, as Mike had stated, um, because we can't do it all alone. And so we have to look at where can we help each other out. Um, being in the silo system just doesn't work anymore. So we have to, uh, we have to help each other because that's what it's going to take, uh, working with the nonprofits, other government entities. And, um, when you see a family being able to move into their own house, that's what and why, um, the satisfaction of volunteering and being on a board, um, or when you are on a different board and you see the accomplishments, uh, in the community, that is 
you know, the satisfaction of volunteering and being on a board. You can be part of that change. Mm -hmm. You can be part of that big picture. Let's talk a little bit about housing. We had some housing officials in, mm-hmm. what, last week, week yeah. before, yeah. and uh, talked about some housing, and now we have two. Have either one of you been to a meeting yet? Is it, is, does it start January 1st? or? I uh, I went to the end of the year meeting because I thought I could catch up on everything that had taken place in the previous year, and so I did get all of the annual reports and an update. And I guess, in my experience, I've worked with a lot of HRAs in a lot of cities and counties around the region, so I'm generally, in fact, we had created an HRA when I was uh, at uh, Three Rivers, which was the Southeastern Multi-County HRA years ago, and then spun it off as an independent entity. So I'm quite familiar with it, but it was very helpful to be able to attend the end of the year meeting and get an update. Let's talk about your experience in there. You've had, I'm, I'm kind of presuming by the way you talk, Several decades of working <laughs> in housing, is that I'm correct? I'm not getting younger, John. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Nice. Uh, um, Too bad it doesn't like go in the opposite direction. You saw right? me walk in. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's talk about the evolution of that and, and uh, of housing and agencies that help housing. You know, how are we different now than we were 10, 20, 30 years ago? We've had some housing booms and busts during that time, a change in demographics, and we're seeing that now. And we're looking at that in the future. Uh, give us a, kind of a, a thumbnail sketch of the evolution. Well, um, the demographics have changed significantly in yes. this region. There's no question about that. Um, the, the, one of the major challenges, I think, for housing is what's taking place across the country. And, of course, we're a local HRA. We'll do whatever we can to improve the housing situation in Northfield. But there are public policy challenges that are federal and state. So, for example, when you can have groups buy up the affordable housing around the country, throw a coat of paint on it, and then double the rent or put it up for sale, we've tended to shut down and close off part of the starter home market, which has Mm -hmm. increased the demand for more housing. So... If uh, if some of the hedge fund groups around the country, some of the pension funds have purchased houses, whether it's Phoenix, Minneapolis, Northfield, there have been homes that have been purchased in Northfield and put on the market for higher rates. So those are some policies at a federal level that in my dream of dreams, I'd love to see change because I don't think you should be utilizing housing as a strictly investment approach for rental income. Could that be changed on the local level? Are you, do you have any, is there any power within the local governments to uh, right. limit that, restrict it? Um, that is a, a major question. I don't think you can change any of the federal policies it, you know, to how we serve people in Northfield. But I think getting the message out. So you talk to other HRAs, and HRAs around the state and around the country have national associations, as well as multiple nonprofit groups have national associations. And to keep putting that message out there, we wouldn't be putting the message out specifically on that, but we would support Now, this is me talking. This isn't the Mm. mayor, city council. They might listen to me here and go, well, maybe he shouldn't be on the agenda. (laughs) But I'm a believer in preventing problems. So it's Mm -hmm. like with when you take care of your own health, if you have high blood pressure, you're going to try to take a medication to lower it rather than wait till you get a stroke. Mm -hmm. So part of my interest is how do we look at the big picture long term and what kinds of things should we be telling our congressional delegation, et cetera, 
about what needs to be done to improve housing in Northfield. So we do our local job, but we also keep in mind that the world's a really big place. We have uh, Galen Malika, Mike Thorstensen, and Mayor Pownell in with us. We kind of switched from uh, public service, and we're going to get back to that in just a moment or so. But I'm kind of delving into housing. You have some interesting things to say about housing. As I mentioned, we had, uh, what, a week or so ago, some folks in from uh, the city with housing. Uh, But one of the things is... I didn't touch on enough, uh, as much as I would like, is is that changing demographic? You know, since maybe 1990, we've seen a, a much bigger increase in the Latinx population and uh, different people who have immigrated into the area. <clears throat> now we're also looking at aging baby boomers. Uh, and the, and, and the, the challenge with that is they have more money <laughs> than most people. <laughs> Have you guys ever met an aging baby boomer? I don't think I've seen one yet. But. No, I've never met any. <laughs> That's all I hang out with sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Makes That's you feel young, I right? Know, yeah. Exactly. I feel much younger here today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that group is, is is getting bigger. They have a little bit more money. If, you, if you're looking to live, or if you're living in some other area of the state or something, you want to stay in Minnesota or looking for a different uh, location, Northfield would be very attractive. We have good health care within here in town, some uh, senior assisted living uh, facilities. We have some very good ones here, good hospital and healthcare network. Uh, and it's just a nice town. Are we seeing more of that? Is that starting to change the, the uh, makeup of our housing or having an effect, I should say, on the housing? I'll, I'll delve into that a little bit. You're right. We do have some very attractive features within Northfield. Um, you know, we couldn't ask for a better health care system here in Northfield with the hospital that we have, you know, the excellent care that they provide and and uh, technology and so on and so forth. Housing, um, you know, largest group, seniors, um, we're going to see that come through here uh, very quickly. Uh, we've seen it um, rising and it's going to, uh, as they call it, the silver tsunami because it's going to, uh, rise to uh, great heights here pretty soon. But um, yes, there are those that, that can afford and there are those that cannot. And there are um, a significant uh, group of uh, baby boomers that actually don't have money and um, are having to stay in their current housing uh, longer because uh, if they were to sell their current home and go into a townhouse, the townhouse costs more than what they can sell their current home for. So... They don't want to go take out a mortgage and they don't want to go back to work um, at 70 years of age. Um, so they um, will stay in place. And so we're seeing um, that generation staying in place longer. Uh, we're seeing programs being produced out there for aging in place right. uh, through AARP and through Habitat for Humanity and other various state organizations. Um and, and um, yes, you will see people move to Norfield for its great qualities um, um, with uh, the baby boomer population. Uh, we, there's a lot of great features that Norfield does offer. It um, uh, doesn't take much to stand back and look at the big picture and see what we have as opposed to other communities. Um, more high, I'm going to guess we will see more multifamily housing apartments uh, in the future. And maybe some of those even designated for senior housing. So the 55 plus population. Um, and people will move into those. 
um, and that will give them an opportunity maybe to move out of their current uh, living situation into a uh, 55 plus situation. Mm-hmm. When we had uh, the mayor on mm-hmm. last week, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the possibility of uh, getting a uh, a new uh, development in a neighborhood on the south side of town. That's uh, I guess considered is it modular? Mo- modular? What what do you call that housing? Uh, there's a word for it. <laughs> There's there's multiple there's yeah. there's manufactured home there's modular home there's mm-hmm. uh, many different manufactured terms. housing right. I guess yes yes yeah. what are, what are your thoughts on that is that uh, do you think that's a, a good option for the future is do we have enough information right now to to make that judgment uh, m- myself as an individual I do not you know have enough information to make a decision um, on that at this uh, point in time so I have been educating uh, like Mike I was at the last meeting. Uh, of the HRA, but I've also been educating myself on um, uh, some housing features and options. And um, um, so time will tell. Um, Certainly not sitting back on my laurels and and, uh, uh, waiting for things to happen. I've been doing a lot of research trying to figure out what is going to be our best option. Uh Mike, Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I... uh couple things. In When I was in college back in the 60s, I uh, actually lived in a trailer home mm-hmm. for uh, three years, and it was $28 a month was my lot rent. So uh, that's considerably lower than it is today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it I was an it affordable is. option back then. Now I think we have to weigh all of those pieces. I don't know enough about this new proposed development. What I'll look at is how much are we investing per unit, and that gets into the infrastructure costs, how much is going to cost for water, streets, et cetera, as well as the cost of the unit. And then I also look at the long-term benefit to a family. So, for example, when you bought a home, what built the middle class in this country was home ownership. So you might have your home paid for, your kids are going to college, and you take out a home equity loan to help pay for college. It's the biggest asset for about 80%, 70 to 80% of the population in this country. So having a, um, I'd want to take a look at the numbers. So how much is it going to cost per unit? What does it cost for a, I'll use the term, stick-built home, a traditional home with a basement? What does it cost for whether it's a modular or whatever we're calling it today? How much are we investing there? Because you have to look at what the long-term return is for a family as well as how much you put in up front. So I don't know enough about it yet. I'm looking mm. forward to taking a taking a good look at it. Um, and maybe we can come up with some creative solutions. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of fun to see what people you know, come up with. Housing and uh, the availability of housing for different segments of the population has such a huge effect like everywhere, and in particular, schools. Right. You know, we're, we're looking at a decline in the uh, school district enrollment, right. mm-hmm. and some of that has to do with probably affordable housing for young families and such. Mm-hmm. Um, are you working with the schools? Uh, is that, uh, you know, have you talked with uh, the school board and mm-hmm. also uh, Superintendent Hillman and maybe uh, partnering or at least getting some ideas mm-hmm. from that? Absolutely, Jeff. I mean, we we are working closely with our partners across the board, more so than what we ever have been before. Matt Hillman and Ben Martek are working very closely together, the school board, city council. There's really a collaborative uh, sort of culture that we have been improving uh, throughout the, the years that I've been serving on the city council, and it's just really great to see 
quality relationships so that you can get the work of the city done, which is absolutely essential. And uh, I couldn't agree more. You've identified two demographics there that we need to make sure that they're in good balance within the community. We can't be just an aging tsunami. We can't. We have a quality school district. We need workers. We need part-time workers. We need people to uh, continue to be active and involved in their community to give back. We have a wonderful community, and we need people all across uh, that age spectrum to be able to live here within our community. And one of the, the areas that's not getting built is just smaller homes. Like you see, like just small little ramblers that maybe have a one-stall garage. It's that first step into a home. And those just aren't getting built. And uh, I don't know whether or not manufactured homes are the right approach or not. That would be a new a new solution that our city has not moved in the direction of. And so I hope that we go very slowly, very thoughtfully to make sure that we've got people on board and we're adequately vetting all the different options there on how to move forward with that. Uh, housing is an, an issue for all communities and finding the right mix of housing for our community is going to be really, really important because as you said, we have a quality school district, and we should make it possible for people who want to educate their kids in our schools to be able to live here. And, Mike, I'm going to direct the next question to you, kind of following up on that a little bit, because you have quite a bit of experience through the years, and I, uh, but I don't expect you to have a hard answer for me, so I'll put a little cushion a yes there no for question. you. No, those, those houses that uh, the mayor just described, you know, the small maybe two, three-bedroom, one-stall mm-hmm. garage uh, not being built here in Northfield. Have you seen those built anywhere uh, from on a more regional or national scale? Is that is, are the economics just not there for the builders? Well, um, it becomes a question of the economics and also the cost of construction materials during COVID just went sky, skyrocketed, and so part of it is if you're going to build a house, building a two bedroom home versus building a four bedroom home, and you know how many thousand square feet you're going to put in it becomes a question for certainly builders. And and one of the things that I look at is that we all live in subsidized housing if we deducted our uh, uh, mortgage costs, et cetera, from our uh, taxes every year. So if the larger your mortgage, the bigger your subsidy. And I don't think people always think about that. So part of it is how do, where do we target the resources that they have, whether it's you know, tax increment financing, whether it's other resources, whether we develop a housing trust fund that has resources, et cetera. So part of it is also when I'm thinking back to the late 80s and, and 90s, when we were, I was on the school board and was also involved with this kind of work, um, how do we look creatively to put together facilities? So the Northfield Community Resource Center at one, are you, you're, you're all familiar with where that mm-hmm. is and what it, it's been around now for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a housing development that wanted to locate close to the school. So when we had joint planning between the school and the city and the nonprofit partners that were involved with the development of that, we were able to run the infrastructure cost and reduce the cost of the facility for water, sewer, et cetera, because that housing development for 80 units wanted to come in. So with joint planning, you can sometimes 
end up building some of these smaller homes that you may want to build depending on how you can maximize everybody's resources. So it has been done in Northfield, but that is now 1998, I guess. So that's a couple years ago. You know? <laughs> well, maybe we can do that going forward. Uh, Galen, any thoughts on that? I don't know, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's working with all entities. As, you know, starting in around 2007, the birth rate dropped. And there's been a couple blips in between up to, up to today. But we're seeing a birth rate drop. And will that change in the future? We don't know. But in order to attract people to your community, you have to have adequate housing. And so working with our various partners, um, you know, city, county, um, uh, school district, um, um, we, again, can't work in silos. We have to work together. So by working together, we can come up with some creative solutions. And, um, yes, um, the, as I what refer to them as the uh, pre-war homes, um, you know, the, after the World War II, um, you just can drive around our community. You can look and tell as the city has built out the different styles of housing that uh, took place throughout the years, not just our community, but many communities. Um, if you look at the suburbs, same thing. You know, you go to Richfield and a majority of their homes are those pre-war homes um, with one car garage or two, you know, two stall garage, but a small footprint. There are other communities that are, are dealing with um, modular homes. What, modular homes are wooden homes. They're, they're the, you know, wood frame homes. They come in two different pieces. Um, uh, the manufacturer or the builder brings them in, puts them together, puts a garage on. There can be a um, basement or it can be on cement slab. Uh, the city of Claremont, which, you, you know, um, um, has been doing this now with a developer out of Owatonna and been working on this uh, project down there for quite a while. And uh, they're using uh, modular homes and um, pretty nice looking homes. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about that uh, with the uh, the experts <clears throat> that, were, that we're in and those have come a long way. They're very, yes. uh, you know, very uh, efficient, uh, very uh, and looking more attractive. Right. <laughs> well, remember back in the day, you could order a house out of the Sears or the Montgomery uh, Ward yes. catalog. I, I yes. lived in one of those houses yes. <laughs> at one time. I might have been a monkey ward. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, let's move things back to the mayor. We'll get off uh, housing. Let's just talk mm-hmm. about uh, public service uh, for yeah. just a moment or so. You have uh, every year, you know, the... In terms of people who are on boards and commissions, there's going to be a few that need to be replacing. Do you have some openings right now in particular that you're looking at? Or We don't have openings right now because mm-hmm. we just made all of those appointments here in November, I think, October, November, December. So I think we've got a full slate of people, but there are always openings, people's uh Living situations, they get a job out of town, so they move, or for whatever reason, you know, people can't continue to serve. So I always uh, just encourage people, the application is out there. Let us know that you want to serve. And one of the best ways that you can kind of get a, a sense for what the city's working on is show up. I I did that before I got involved on the city council. I watched our city council meetings for a full year. It was very eye-opening, and I think I had a whole lot to learn that after I actually got on the city council (laughs) that I just was not aware of just by watching. Um, But it is a first step to really just show people that you're really serious about wanting to make a difference and coming in without an agenda, but really 
uh, just a sincerity for wanting to learn and find the best solution and be able to listen, I think is a, just an excellent opportunity out there that's available to almost everyone. You don't have to pay, <laughs> right, to walk into City Hall and attend a city council meeting like you do at maybe a coffee shop, <laughs> right? Although you can, if you've got a computer, you can just pull that up. You've got internet. You can watch the live stream of almost all of our board and commission meetings as well as city council uh, we try to make it as easy and accessible to people to be able to um, get in touch with folks, show up and be present, email, communicate in whatever fashion works best for folks. So just encourage people. Just it, I had never been involved previously. It was never my plan to serve in public office. I'm here because I love my community and uh, I wanted to have, I guess, do my part to try and make it better. And that takes all of us really working together. It is not a one-person type thing. Oh, my gosh. So not. I mean, with, what, 14 different boards and commissions, there's probably over 100 people serving on our boards and commissions. You have the city council. You have all of our city staff and the broader community that we are trying to move forward and getting people on the same page to be able to get to a particular end point where you're actually bringing forward a mm -hmm. housing uh, project takes a lot. And, and I'd like to uh, kind of interject there that uh, the city, even though you don't have any openings for boards and commissions right now, um, there's plenty of opportunities out there, not only with the city, but, you know, if you, if you, maybe friends of the library, friends of the Northfield Public Library, uh, you know, the um, hospital, I'm sure, has, uh, you know, the auxiliary probably has things available. Uh, you have uh, so many different areas, uh, the Historical Society, uh, the defeat of Jesse James Days is always looking for volunteers, even your local church, you know, the school mm -hmm. district. A lot of different ways to serve uh, for public service, and those uh, options are all open to everybody. Yeah, so get absolutely. involved. Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. Anything else that anyone would like to say before we let you go? I think we're good. All get right. involved. This, yeah. well, this Thanks, is a nice Jeff. conversation. Thank you both so much for absolutely. coming in. All three of you, and Mayor, yes. as always, thank yes. you. And uh, have a happy new year. We wish you uh, the uh, continued success with the HRA and every other thing that uh, you do in 2024. Thanks. Right. Thank well, you. Thank you, Jeff.